Today's special NBA mailbag episode of the BS Podcast brought to you by SeatGeek. That is our presenting sponsor. The easiest way to shop for the best tickets thanks to their revolutionary grading system. It's still revolutionary, even though it's been revolutionary for a couple years. I still count it as revolutionary. Two taps on your phone. You can do everything. Everything fully guaranteed. Right now, my listeners get $10 off baseball tickets. The first time you use SeatGeek, use promo code BSMLB. Download the SeatGeek app today or go right to SeatGeek.com. We are also brought to you by House of Carbs. That is Joe House's new food podcast. That was a smashing success. People love hearing hungry people talk about food, apparently. I am on episode two. I went on with Joe House. I went on and I talked about um, clean California eating, gluten-free pizza. Uh, we talked about 80s fast food versus 2010 fast food, 2010s fast food. And most importantly, we talked about uh, my mom's meatballs and brujals. And we talked about uh, what I would have for my last meal on earth and a whole bunch of other stuff. If you've ever heard House on this pod, he's just better on food, fortunately and unfortunately for the listeners of this pod, because he's better on his own pod. But uh, House of Carbs, check it out. Subscribe, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever, whatever you want to get your podcast on. It's there. House of Carbs. Best art that we have for any podcast. Also, uh, Game of Thrones Binge Mode wraps up this week. We put up the first half of season six. I am amazed that people stuck with this all the way through six seasons. People love Game of Thrones. It is a fantastic product. It is uh, basically killed Mallory and Jason, the two hosts, but that's fine. Well, it, as long as they make it to the finish line, I, you know, whatever. It's like, I'm like Belichick. Just get me a Super Bowl, and then afterwards we'll just load you with painkillers and try to, try to get through it. Uh, no, they've, been, they've done an awesome job, and Game of Thrones, as you know, launches on Sunday night on HBO. We counted down the 60 best episodes from 1 to 60 on TheRinger.com on Monday, and we have a whole bunch of Game of Thrones stuff coming, on, coming up all week culminating with our post-game show, Talk the Thrones, on Twitter, immediately after Game of Thrones ends on HBO. And you can watch uh, a post-game show, a legitimate, well-done, awesome, intelligent post-game show with Chris Ryan, Andy Greenwald, and unless they're dead, Mallory Rubin and Jason Concepcion. It's unclear. They might be loaded on painkillers. But all that's coming. Game of Thrones week on The Ringer. Gotta love that Game of Thrones. You know what else you gotta love? Mailbags coming up. But first, the Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. Pearl Jam. All right. It is Monday, late afternoon, Southern California time. So if anything happens... NBA-wise, which I don't think it will, because pretty much everybody has been either signed or traded, with the exception of Carmelo, who's heading to the Rockets. It's inevitable. We can't stop it at this point. But we're going to do an NBA mailbag. A lot of stuff to catch up on. The readers have a lot of questions that they like. Tay Frazier's here on yep. hand. Occasionally, I'll be bouncing off stuff from, on him. But a lot of stuff to cover. A lot of ground. I'm going to read each person's email. And then I'm going to say my answer. And that's when you'll know it's me. It's my answer. But I'll be talking the whole time. It's a little confusing, but not really. First question. Danny and Reseda asks, do you really genuinely, honestly, truly believe LeBron will be on the Lakers next year? Oh, what a question. Good start. I do. I do genuinely, honestly, truly believe LeBron will be on the Lakers next year. 
I think that's how this is going to play out. Uh, my evidence is the fact that he is not committed long-term to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, everything they're doing is kind of short-term win now, fix it stuff. They tried to shop Kyrie for help. They claim they didn't, but they did. They shop Kevin Love all over the place. I think they're stuck with this year's team. And win or lose, he brought Cleveland a title. He isn't out. He can finish his career in Los Angeles. His business is here, as we've discussed. His family has a giant house here, as we've discussed. And most important, they have a ton of cap space. Tate, I'm going to throw this at you. I'm yep. glad you're sitting down. Yep. I'm throwing this at you. I've not mentioned this on Twitter or anywhere. What's today's date? Today is July 10th. July 10th, 2017. What if I told you that 12 months from now, LeBron James, Paul George, yep. John Wall, Whew. and Boogie Cousins will all be on the Los Angeles Lakers together? Yeah. I, aren't you glad you're sitting down? <laughs> I would be floored. I would be floored. Conspiracy Bill has some, has some things that he doesn't like about what's going on. Yeah. I think the LeBron James... LA, he hasn't come out and denied it. Everyone's talking about it in the league. It became and, public last yeah, month. He knows they're talking about it too. He knows they're talking about it. Hasn't said anything. Hasn't said, this is ridiculous. I'm so tired of hearing this. I want to finish my career in Cleveland. What happened to 2014 LeBron? What happened to, it's time for me to go back to Ohio. And He's already and come home. He's done. He came home. He brought them a title. He did an incredible amount of stuff with the scholarships in Akron. And the college program, he's amazing. He's, it's an unassailable resume if he leaves now. I did my best. We spent a lot of money. And now I'm going to finish my career in Los Angeles. And I'm going to try to become a billionaire. Mm. And I think that's where this goes. I think he's going to say, my idols are Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan. I believe I'm on the same level as those guys. And part of having an awesome career is the career after the career. And that's what I'm starting to think about. I want to own an NBA team. I want to be a media mogul. I want to be a billionaire. And to do all this, I have to be in LA. And now I'm going to go there now. That's hard to really attack if you're a Cleveland fan and he brought you a title, right? Yeah. Well, if, it's. I let's mean, say let's say you love Carolina the most. Yep. So let's say Carolina was a pro team. Mm -hmm. LeBron ditched you. You hate his guts. Yeah. Then he comes back. He brings you the title you've wanted your whole life, and then he leaves again. You couldn't be that bitter, right? I think they're going to be. be I think they're going to still be bitter. I think they will. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, and I, I, I don't necessarily blame them, but it's it's going to happen. What I always wanted him to own the Cavs. Can he own the Cavs if he goes to the Lakers? Like, can he come back again? Can he own the Cavs eventually? So the only way he could own the Cavs is if Dan Gilbert, who has really more, it's really has always made sense for him to own the Pistons. Yeah, because he has all the Detroit ties. He owns a ton of real estate in Detroit. He cares more about Detroit. It would make more sense if he bought Detroit mm -hmm. from Tom Gores and then sold the Cavs to LeBron. Yeah, which would be the most hilarious business deal of all time to be in that room. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Lawyers just talking to each other and them just staring at each other. The most fascinating... I don't think LeBron has a no-trade clause. Yeah, he doesn't. And this has basically been a staring match slash dick-swinging power game between Dan Gobert and LeBron since 2009. Mm-hmm. And LeBron won in 2010. Dan Gilbert wrote the letter. Uh, Dan Gilbert's team went in the tank. Miami won two titles. Then Miami cratered a little. LeBron decided he wanted to come back, try to bring a, a team a title to Cleveland. Yep. But Dan Gilbert had to sign off. He had to kiss Dan Gilbert's ass just a tiny bit. He had to go to Vegas. 
Um, but now it's starting to seep out. I don't think they've ever liked each other. And uh, he's never thanked him. Even when they won, he thanked himself. No. He I, thanked I don't Cleveland. Think, you I don't know? think he'll ever forgive him for the letter. Yeah. I mean, why would you? I wouldn't. Yeah. I still hold grudges. I have a lot of grudges. <laughs> the self-proclaimed I'm full king. Of grudges. Yeah, that's tough. So goes to LA. But here, here's the interesting part. So John Wall, represented by Clutch. Mm. Rich, Rich Paul. Paul. LeBron's buddy. LeBron, it's pretty clear he either owns Clutch or, or funded it or has a stake in it. or It's something super shady that the NBA is just like, we're not even looking at this. Like yeah. It's like the tampering. But, uh, but you could have John Wall and LeBron. Paul George is going to the Lakers anyway. I mean, that's not even a secret anymore. It's just like they might as well just start selling his jersey. And then I always felt like John Wall and Boogie are a team. Yeah. I feel like 2018, I think, I think that summer they, they're like, we're a package deal. So they go to LA. If they can get rid of the Luau Dan contract, mm-hmm. use first round picks, maybe even Brandon Ingram just to get rid of it. I don't think they'd have to use Brandon Ingram. The market for getting rid of a contract is a first round pick at this point. Yeah, you let Randall walk. You don't have to let you Randall walk. Yeah, you don't have to resign him. So you have Lonzo under contract and Ingram, which is like about, I don't know, 11, 12 million combined. Yeah, and Let's then Larry that, Nance, who's like a good bench player. Yeah, and trade him if you have to clear cap space for him. Um, so you probably need somewhere around a hundred million, mm-hmm. maybe maybe like ninety six for the four guys. Yeah, LeBron takes less. LeBron takes twenty because they secretly promise him two percent of the team after he retires. Just sign off on that. Space Jam two starts Space production. Space Jam two, yeah, he's got that. He'll make up the money. <laughs> yeah, twenty million. So he leaves seven. Let's say seventy five million for the other three. Mm-hmm. They split it up twenty five million a piece. And two thousand eighteen Lakers: John Wall, LeBron, Paul George. Brandon Ingram, Boogie, and Lonzo off the bench. That's I'll, something. Yeah, that's that's could, something. I'm not predicting this. I'm just putting it in play. Could we get Eric Bledsoe there too? Just bring all the Kentucky guys <laughs> at, a, at a minimum. <laughs> yeah. Here's my other scenario for Boogie and John Wall if that doesn't work out. The Atlanta Hawks, mm. they're like 60 million under the cap or something. Really, they only have like Bazemore and a couple bench guys. They just become the Boogie Wall home, and Atlanta as part of it goes to Calipari. And offers him like seventy-five million for six years and three percent of the team, and he gets Boogie, he gets John Wall, and then just waits out for Anthony Davis in a year. And I love they're it. in Atlanta. They're in the, Magic City the every Monday. Love Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, that's conceivable, right? I like it. I, I mean, are you are you just convinced that John Wall and Boogie will play together? I'm not convinced. I got super suspicious when John Wall didn't accept the Supermax. Mm. I thought that was weird. Yeah. It's like it's $168 million for four years. Everybody's like, no, no, he's taking his time. It's like, what is there to take his time for? He knows who the, who's on the team. They brought Otto Porter back. They have Bradley Beal. They're stuck with Mahindley. They got Gortat. They have Kelly Oubre. He knows who the coach is. He knows who the GM is. Yep. That's your team. Yep. So are you staying there or not? Here's $168 million. You've already talked about how you had a bad knee and to have it operated on. Why wouldn't you take the $168 million? What What am I missing? He remembers Bradley you, Beal getting the deal before him. You think that's what it is? A little yeah, spite? a little spite. Okay. Just a little bit. I would watch that. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't talked to Joe House about this really because it's too sensitive. Yeah. Because, you know, Chocolate City loves John Wall. And he's been great in D.C. and all this stuff. And... I think he'd be crazy to leave. I think that team is good. He's in California right now, too, John Wall. Riding bikes in the sunshine. Getting a little taste of the California lifestyle. Scale of 1 to 10, how shocked would you be? LeBron, John Wall, Boogie Cousins, 
and Paul George on the Lakers in 12 months? I'm sh- seven or eight. Seven or eight. I would be shocked. But I, I wouldn't be shocked about LeBron putting it together. I would just be shocked that all the pieces came together at the same time. Okay. I like it, though. Dexter from Houston asks, what's the best championship parade moment? Mm. All right. My answer, I'm biased on this, but 1981 finals. Moses disparaged the Celtics. Moses Malone disparaged the Celtics during the series and said, um, I could get four guys from St. Petersburg and beat these guys. St. Petersburg, Virginia was where he was from. Mm-hmm. And Celtics beat them in six. They're doing the post game or they're doing the celebration, the championship thing in downtown Boston. And somebody has a sign that says Moses eats shit. <laughs> and Bird, who's got a few in him, sees the sign and goes, that sign's right. Moses does eat shit. <laughs> that, what was about, how could there be a better moment than that? Other than maybe J.R. Smith shirtless for the yeah. entire Cavs celebration. That would be the other candidate. The, those are in the finals. It's Larry Bird, each, Moses eat shit or J.R. Smith naked. Yeah. No, semi-naked. I I really enjoyed watching those bird moments. I watched the thirty for thirty with him and just being able to witness him talking shit. I I mean I always knew he talked shit, but yeah, it, it's it's amazing. I like yeah, it. That's your style of basketball. Um, Patrick W from Houston, Texas. How, how much time? How far in are we? We're only thirteen minutes. Okay, in. I want to I want to make sure I have I have my ads ready to go. I'm, I'm, we, this is going to be a well oiled machine. Patrick W from Houston, Texas. The Bachelorette reminded me of a thought I had during the Summer Olympics. And now that he's free, it'll work out perfectly. Could Phil Jackson in the triangle be just the spark that the United States handball team is looking for? The offense seems to match up perfectly with the little I know about the sport. My answer, I think that's the last act for Phil Jackson. He won 11 titles. Mm. He besmirched his legacy a little bit in New York. Not a lot, but a little bit. I think as as time fades, people will just remember that he that he took Porzingis and that he made some mistakes, but Porzingis is fine. But if he brings back handball, all is forgiven. <laughs> yeah, recess everywhere changes with Bill the Jackson. triangle. I mean, it is when I I remember when I saw handball at the 2012 Olympics. I I was shocked, and I wrote about this too for Grantland at the time. How similar the spacing and the slashing kick was to basketball. It had a lot of the same elements and I couldn't believe that we couldn't take like, I don't know, the, the ninth through 13th guys on Kentucky who aren't going to make the NBA. Yeah, the DeAndre Liggins of the world. Yeah. Just, just flip them, them into handball dudes. Yeah. I like it. The triangle is really interesting. I'd, I'd love to read a, a piece about somebody figuring that out. <laughs> Nat Hendel from San Francisco wonders, what do you think of my theory that Quicken Loans Arena is cursed after it was the building where Donald Trump was nominated to be the presidential candidate at the RNC? All right, here's my answer. So I thought about this. Since, they, since, since that happened, we don't really have a lot of evidence of cursing other than that they just, the Cavs didn't win the, I guess the Indians lost to the, oh, there's two things. Yeah. The Indians lost to the Cubs, game seven, the, the uh, fortuitous rain delay. Mm-hmm. And then the Cavs lost to the Warriors. I don't feel like that's enough for a curse yet. Yeah. And I think Quick, the country is cursed. I yeah. don't know if the... And Quicken Loans is a great sponsor. Has and nothing Quicken to, Loans is great. Yeah, we love Quicken Loans. <laughs> nothing to do with the building. I love Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans is great. Yeah, I don't think there's enough evidence there for a curse. But speaking of theories, this is a long one from Brian in Massachusetts. I'm mad at myself. I, I'm getting older. I think I, I'm slipping a little bit in a lot of ways uh, mentally wear and tear from my kid, my son coming into our room at 5.45 every morning. 
I'm mad I missed this. And once I saw it all laid out, it was a voila moment for me. Here we go. Brian in Massachusetts. Do the Clippers qualify for the Ewing theory now that their star player is left? According to your book slash articles, the two crucial elements that needed to be in place for any situation to qualify for Ewing theory status were a star athlete receives an inordinate amount of media attention and fan interest, and yet his teams never win anything substantial with him. And second, that same athlete leaves his team and both the media and fans immediately write off the team for the following season. Brian mentions that Chris Paul checks both of those off with a resounding yes. Brian says, I understand it will be hard for the Clippers to exceed their playoffs from last year if Blake and company can't stay healthy. But what about if Blake and Gallo stay healthy? DeAndre, DeAndre has a monster year. Milos excites everyone with his pass-first mentality. And the whole team is happier bonding more without Chris Paul's drill sergeant persona looming over everyone. It's a long shot, but it's in play, right? My answer. I, I met with the committee. We talked about it. We considered the resume. It's, it's textbook. Chris Paul for the Ewing Theory is textbook. Mm. He's never won anything. No, never. He is the perfect. You write, ah, the Clippers are going to suck. You write them off. And yet... They're going to have Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Milos, the best passer on YouTube right now. Yeah. A Sam beloved Decker, European guard. Underrated. Sam Decker, Gallo, DeAndre, Blake, Point Blake, if Blake can come back in time from uh, this thing that he still is in a walking boot for, which makes me a little nervous. <laughs> but uh, maybe Doc Rivers ups it from 25 hours a week to 35 hours a week. He There's feels a lot back of in control here. without Chris there, like yeah. micromanaging it's his team him. again. Yeah. Austin Rivers. Great defense. He finally does it. Good defensive player. They got rid of Jamal Crawford, who stunk, Mm. who was terrible last year. That's a really interesting Ewing theory case. So then you look at the the West. It's like Golden State's one. I would have Houston and San Antonio 2A, 2B. And I really think there's a case to be made that San Antonio might not be good next year in terms of contender great San Antonio that we're used to. Yeah. LaMarcus is pissed off. Mm-hmm. They try to shop him. Nobody wanted him. He's a head case. Parker coming off an Achilles. Rudy Gay coming off an Achilles. Two of their top seven are coming up blown out Achilles and are older. Uh, it, they might not get Deadman back. I don't know. It's unclear if they sign yeah. him. I think they're going to re-sign Simmons. Yeah. And they have Kawhi. It's a 50-win team. I don't know if it's like a and kick-ass they, contender. And they went cheap with Patty Mills, right? They Instead of giving George Hill the guarantees to get George Hill back, yeah. they go cheap and sign Patty to well, 50 Well, who would you million. rather have? I'd rather have Patty Mills. Nah, I don't know. I'd really have George Hill. I value durability, though. You don't. You're, yeah. The millennials don't value durability. <laughs> they don't care about staying on the court. You like Gallo, too, I bet. No, I do like it. Gallo's the best small forward that they've had yeah. on the Clippers since Alfred Camino. He looks great in a suit. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Chris Paul Ewing theory. He's a good Pat Ewing equivalent for LeBron, for that to be his Pat Ewing, you know, like Jordan's Ewing. Yeah. That's good. So for the for the younger ones who weren't with me from the get-go at ESPN, actually going back to my old site on Digital City, this guy, uh, Dave Cirilli, who was a reader, came up with this idea of the Ewing theory. It's actually his theory. I try to give him credit almost every time I remember when I talk about this. He had this theory about that from Georgetown through the Knicks, whenever Patrick Ewing either missed a game or missed a month or whatever, his teams were better. Mm-hmm. And we wrote about the Ewing theory. I did it in a mailbag. In the 99 playoffs, Patrick Ewing got hurt. 
and the Knicks made the finals without Patrick <laughs> Ewing after we had debuted the Ewing Theory. It was like the greatest moment of my early sight. So then when I got to ESPN in 2001, I wrote the national version of the Ewing Theory column for ESPN.com and predicted all of these possibilities for the Ewing Theory. And the first guy I predicted was Drew Bledsoe. Mm. And then in September, he got hurt, Tom Brady took over, and they won the Super Bowl. So the Ewing Theory is a powerful force. Yeah. And uh, Chris Paul would be, that'd be a good one. All right, one more before we uh, take a break. Your best bet for 2017-18 NBA Rookie of the Year, who is your dark horse pick, wonders Gray Zabel. Now, he has these odds. I'm sure the odds have changed a little bit, but Ball was the leader at plus 250, Simmons plus 300, Fultz plus 500, Fox plus 700, Tatum plus 900, which I'm sure has gone down a little, Jackson 9-1, Smith 16-1, which is too high. Monk 16 to 1, Isaac 61. Then he said, Markinen, just kidding, LOL. <laughs> it's from Gray Zabel. I. Miritich is so jealous of Markinen, by the way. Oh, yeah. So, I think the rookie of the year, I think this is one of the toughest try to predict this in July that we've ever had. Mm. But if Dallas just lets Dennis Smith go, I have to say for the odds, I might take Dennis Smith at 16 to 1. If yeah. they're just like, here's the ball, go put up, go put up 19 and eight every night and make make your bad plays, but we'll try to fit you in the framework of what we're doing. He might have the best stats of anybody next year. Yeah, I like him. I mean, he's gonna get the dunks. Who would you pick? John Collins, the Hawks. Get the hell out of here! Very John, dark horse, John, John that, Collins. That, that is that the, horse. I I can't even see that horse <laughs> at night. It's so dark. That's my dark horse. He's unbelievable. He's very underrated. John I've been Collins. I've been impressed. And so I loved him in college. He was so good in college. All right, He's dude. a guaranteed lock, 19 and 9. I should mention Tate's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, our dude Monk at, at 16-1? I'm a little I'm scared that he wants to get traded. I'm scared he's pulling what? Yeah, I'm scared he's pulling the Kobe thing where he doesn't want to be in Charlotte and he thinks he's too big time and he, he's already How, What is your evidence? That he didn't play in summer league, you know, his he got ankles. Hurt. I know, I know. But it's he was like in Fayetteville working out. He looked totally fine. And I, I'm, I like Uh-oh. Bacon. I'm already Team Bacon. Takes out <laughs> I'm, on already, I'm already faltering. Don't be out on Mike. I'm not fine. out. I'm not out. I'm just saying I think he wants to. I think he's still upset the Knicks didn't take him. I mean, they talk. They keep talking about it. Even at his opening presser, he was like, I can't believe New York passed on me. Well, put the chip on your shoulder and go win the Rookie of the Year. It's 16-1, Malik Monk. I love it. Please. I can't believe the Knicks passed him up for the French guy. Hmm. Who got hurt in the first day of practice. And then spent $71 million on Tim Hardaway. It's just an amazing turn of events. Can you believe they let him go to Atlanta? Who would rather have Monk for the next five years or Tim Hardaway? Malik Monk, easily. Yeah, it's, they could have had him for $5 million a year. Yeah. And they had Tim Hardaway before they let him go to the Hawks anyway for cheap. I have a small, tiny confession to make. I kind of like Tim Hardaway's game. <laughs> if it had been like four years, 40, I would have been excited for the Knicks. 71 is too, too high. Yeah, that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, 30, 31 million too high. It's, can't, I don't know. I, I thought he had some great moments last year, though. I've always been a fan of Tim Hardaway Jr. He was Any one Hardaway, of the best really. heat checks in the guys in the league the last three months last year. And people like him. Like People like playing with him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that signing is going to be... like. Noah for $75 million or whatever that was, that was like instantly you knew, oh, wow, that guy's probably done. Like, that could be really bad. Hardaway, at least, worst case scenario, he'll score 17 a game and he'll play defense. Be a heat check guy. People will like him. The fans yeah. will like him, at least. I want to tell you about the blacktux.com. You, is wedding season started for you yet? How old are you? <laughs> 24. 24. Yeah. 
You didn't even shoot the gun yet? Get get married? No. no. It's going to happen. Like, you're 27. Yeah, that's what, 28, 27, 28, that's when everyone wants to really I remember telling Rembert about this. We turned 27, I was like, get ready. Just going to weddings for the next five years. Yeah. Just remember, there's no greater place to hook up than a wedding. <laughs> Especially if you're wearing the Black Tux dot coms fabulous high rental quality suits and tuxedos delivered to your doorstep they offer free home try-on so you can see the fit and feel the quality of your suit months before the event it's completely done online they let you create your look or choose from tons of stylist selected outfits starting just 95 dollars i haven't worn a tux in so long 95 dollars it's not bad yeah it's not bad it seems like a really good price any issues, their expert customer care team will take have your back every step of the way. After ordering, your suit will arrive 14 days before your event, a full two weeks to try it on, make sure everything fits or if anything's less than perfect. If not, they will send you a free replacement right away after you're done. Drop your rental back in the mail. Shipping free both ways. How easy is that? Get started right now. Visit theblacktux.com slash BS to get $20 off your purchase. So you're like three years away from the Black Hey, theblacktux.com. Keep that slash BS offer code open for Tate in like 2020. 2020. All right. Yeah, that's, that's when you'll start. That's scary. I bet one of your friends gets married next year, though. It'll be a surprise engagement. Somebody that they knew for like four months. Oh, God. Yeah. Like with the dog and they'll do the whole thing. Somebody who's searching for a little stability in his life and thinks of four-month quickie marriage. Mm. But at least you have theblacktux.com yeah, slash BS. Yeah, $95. Not bad. Uh, anonymous Nets fan for now. In Dumbo, for some, for some reason, put their location, but uh, but would not say their name. You were too hard on the Nets on Twitter. There's no such thing as a meaningless first-round pick, and they were going nowhere anyway. What the hell else are they supposed to do? Wouldn't you rather have Damari Carroll's, parentheses, cadaver, finished parentheses body, and a first-round pick than nothing? They're talking about the trade the Nets made mm -hmm. with Brooklyn over the weekend that I criticized Here's the thing. Back in the day, to dump a contract like that, you needed to, to get rid of two first-round picks. And in some cases, they, they didn't have to be protected. Mm -hmm. the, the Toronto basically gave up a pr protected first and a second to dump Carroll, who couldn't play for them anymore, who makes $30 million for the next two years. And all they gave up was a pick that's going to be in their 20s because they're going to be their three or a four seed unless 100 people get injured. But it's lottery protected anyway. The best the pick could be is 15. Yep. It'll probably end up being somewhere between 22 and 25. I went back and I looked at the last five drafts from 2012 to 2016. Not counting this year because we don't know who the sleepers are yet. And this year was a loaded draft too. But um, there's only one all-star picked from 21 to 30. From 2012 to 2016, can you name the All Star? I know it's not Shabazz Napier. Sorry, LeBron. No, it's not Shabazz. <laughs> it's nobody named Shabazz. Uh, it's Rudy Gobert. Ooh, yeah, nice. And then there was like four other guys who became starters. Like I think Andre Roberson was one. Mm. Rodney Hood. Yeah, Rodney Hood. Uh, it was like two others. Then there were some bench guys. There was one of the Plumleys and mm. Larry Nance, people like that. I counted like somewhere between 10 and 11 guys that were at least like in a rotation. Yeah. And this is out of 50 picks. So it's basically an 80% whiff rate, which is what I calculated. And whiff rate is like you don't land anyone in a nine-man rotation. Gobert's the only all-star. Yeah. I don't think that's worth $30 million. 
I no. just rather have the cap space. And then, so one of the things that happened this year with the, with the salary cap was because everybody screwed up because the league, and by the way, I got some of the numbers wrong when uh, we did the podcast with Daryl. The salary cap last year was like close to 95 million. The tax, I think, was somewhere around 100. But the cap went up a little, but it didn't go up as much as people thought. I think they were wrong by like three, four million. So even if it goes up, I don't know, a couple million next year, you have all, you have all these teams that made all these salary bets and are now screwed. If I was running Brooklyn, I would rather have just kept forty million in cap space and just waited until February until somebody gets hurt or somebody's mm-hmm. going to pay the tax and they don't want to. And I just feel like I can get better than a lottery protected pick to take on thirty million dollars of salary. Does that yeah. make sense? No, I totally get that. I get that. I mean, I think it's one of those things where Brooklyn is like a bird, like. They're just taking on. They're they're basically just fine with where they're at. They're doing they're, the they're right fine. thing. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, they're like a wasteland. Yeah, Sean Marks like we'll just take it on. It's good. It's making. I feel like it's just helping them negotiate in the future that they're taking all these crappy deals, and right. then when they do deals in four or five years, like people, you know, it's like remember we did this for you. Not yeah, this yeah, for you us. owe us one. Yeah, Danny Chow wrote about it for the Ringer Day. I agree with their game plan. Like yeah. I love the I love the D'Angelo Russell trade. Mm-hmm. I thought like to just get the second pick in the draft from two years ago. Basically, for the twenty seventh pick and a bad contract is a no brainer. This one, I didn't think it was as much of a no brainer. And I get the mindset: oh, well, they have nothing now. They have, but I, I just don't think the picks in their twenties are worth that much. Yeah, the success rate hasn't been there. I think you could argue that teams have probably had just as much success in the thirties as in the twenties. But um, if I'm taking on that much money, I want more. Like, give me at least give me a pick swap in two thousand twenty two or something. Because for Toronto. They did Toronto such a massive favor. They put them under the tax. Mm-hmm. They took this thirty million dollar contract off their books. Yep. And then, um, and then, inst- and when you're a tax team, if you're not a tax team, you get all the money from the tax teams. So there's twenty teams paying the tax, and you're not one of those twenty. You get all the money of those tax. You split it up with the other ten. It's a significant amount of money. Yeah. So you could argue that trade was probably worth like fifty million for the Raptors. Like, of course they're going to give up the twenty second pick for, let's say, fifty million over two years. I don't know. I wish Brooklyn had waited. I like the. I really like the mindset of we are your away station. Mm-hmm. Come send your bad contracts <laughs> here. We will look at Joakim Noah. Yeah. Uh, all right, Angela and Braintree asks, "What's the most you would have given up for Paul George if you were Danny Ainge?" Here's the thing. Here's my answer. He's going to the Lakers in a year. Everybody knows. It's it's not a secret anymore. So you're running Paul George for one year. I, I think the most I would have given up is like Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, the Celtics 2018 first, and the Clippers pick that they have that's lottery protected. And that's it. I don't, I don't think I would have given up more than that because I don't value the picks after – the lottery as much as other people do i would not have given up any of the lottery picks mm-hmm. so don't give it the nets pick obviously yeah so you're renting them for one year which is what okc did i i think and i said this last week in the house podcast i'm still incredulous that they didn't take kevin love over oladipo if they're mm-hmm. trading paul george out of there and cleveland's offering kevin love and okc's offering oladipo for the same price who takes oladipo over kevin love I think it's more of Kevin Caillou. Love's not going to be happy to be there in Oladipo. At least there's some familiarity with fans, I guess. 
But no, it doesn't make any sense. I always hear this happy to be there thing. The guy's making like 20 plus million a year. <laughs> like should they're be saying this with Carmelo now. It's like the Knicks have to get rid of Carmelo. He's not happy. It's like, well, so what? <laughs> yeah. If he's not happy, retire. Yeah. I'm sorry you're not happy, Carmelo, as you yeah, collect wave 25 that million no tra- a year. No yeah. trade clause and go wherever we send you. Or just let's do a buyout. Here's $5 million. We'll buy you out. Yeah. You can go go get that money elsewhere. I did. When they talk about guys who are making that much money, is like, like the Nets did that too with uh, – Joe Johnson, Darren Williams. I got to buy them out. They're mm-hmm. unhappy. Got to get rid of those guys. They're unhappy. Just got to take care of them. And then Joe Johnson's like, hey, I'm in Miami. I'm happy now. Yeah. And or these, I'm hitting game-winning shots in Utah in the playoffs. Yeah. These, these veterans now, and this is a real flaw with the system, is that you can sign a contract. You can underperform. You can really do a shitty job which is what Darren Williams and Joe Johnson were doing in Brooklyn that last year they just flat out like just not playing well and kind of apathetic because they knew that the end game was to go somewhere else yeah Darren Williams got to go to Dallas he got a buyout um Joe Johnson got to go to Miami and in some cases I almost feel like they make more money than they would have under the original contract right Mm -hmm. like Jamal Crawford got bought out but now he's going to Minnesota for almost five million dollars a year yep so did he make more money from this? Yeah. Because he sucked last year? And now he's going to be on a better team. I mean, could be a better team. Could be a contender. Where do you stand on Jamal Crawford? Uh, I like Jamal. I'm a fan of Jamal Crawford. But he's I'm, more hes more like entertainment than he is I'm here to win, right? It's not like I don't need Jamal Crawford to go contend for a championship. I, G- I need Jamal Crawford to, when it's a shitty night and we're playing the Brooklyn Nets at home, he can make, you know, he can have he 40 try points. try to get hot. Yeah. I'm a fan too. I think I think he's pretty much washed up. Yeah. I understand. What you I mean thought he that. was terrible last season for him. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't good. He did, he didn't shoot well. He doesn't get to the line anymore. He never rebounded. He never really set up teammates, and he's not good defensively. So what am I looking at? I'm looking at a two guard who shoots forty percent, who once every three weeks gets hot. I can get that forty places. He also you can ru- name forty guys off the top of your head who is a two guard who can get hot once every three weeks. Yeah, and he rubbed off a lot on Austin Rivers, I think, just like the yeah. the handles, like the I'm trying to put on a show type thing, which is the worst thing that could have happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was already going to do that regardless, but that's not he, that wasn't the template that Austin Rivers needed right. to come off the bench. He's also a legendarily bad playoff player. Yeah, if you look at Jamal Crawford's playoff stats the last three years, Corey Brewer is better. He's yeah, he's like a twenty nine percent shooter from three. Does nothing. His all the advanced metrics for him in the playoffs last three years and for his regular season performance last year, he's below average. He's just not good. He's he hurts your team when he's out there. I think his offensive rating slash defensive rating last year he was like minus ten. It's mm. like one hundred two offense rating and one twelve defensive rating. Like he's just a liability at this point. It's funny though because when when guys. You see this with David Griffin, too. When people butter up media members, they get covered, treated, and written about a lot differently. Jamal Crawford's a great guy. People love him. He won the six-man two years ago. He shouldn't have won. He didn't deserve it. Mm -hmm. But he's a great guy, and people love him, and he's fun to root for, so they voted for him. Big market. People see him a lot. David Griffin, who's a smart guy, nice guy. I've met him. I've talked to him. What was so great about the job he did in Cleveland? Yeah. they had Kyrie Irving already. They had the number one pick in the whole draft, and LeBron wanted to play for them. And he flipped the number one pick for Kevin Love. Okay, so now you have these three guys. You already have Tristan Thompson. They just re-signed him. 
they he didn't do a great job negotiating that Tristan Thompson for eighty two million dollars. Yeah, deal. He, 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 <laughs> that's, that's a tough deal. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't wasn't a, a home run. The Shumper J.R. Smith trade was fine, but if Draymond doesn't get kicked out of Game Five, they lose that series in five. Mm-hmm. Gave up a number one pick for Corver. Didn't he give up a number one yep. pick for Channing Frye? Yep. Who have they drafted over the last couple of years, first or second round? That's done. Since he's been there, I can't think of anybody. Kate Felder, who's been terrible. Right. I listen. I don't. He seems like a smart guy, and yeah. he kind of followed instructions for that team. But I don't know if he's a a great GM. People are like, "Oh my God, the Knicks are crazy." And I tired David Griffin. It's like, well, why? How do we know? Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's a good GM. He had a good See, relationship with LeBron. That's what it seemed like. That, yeah, that seemed where the narrative came from. I think the best thing he did. And the smartest thing he did last year was he he turned David Blatt into Ty Lue at, at what seemed to be the right time. Mm-hmm. And he picked the right guy, and it worked out, and they won the title. How different do the Cavs look if Griffin's there with this free with free agency this year? Because they didn't do anything. That's what I. Uh, that's well, what they I think. did one thing. They made one mistake. They signed Kyle Korver for yeah. like twenty two million. Which is and if yeah. LeBron's leaving in a year, now you have Kyle Korver for that. It's, that's the kind of thing. It's like LeBron. I want to know if you're staying or not, because mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm about to pay Kyle Korver 22 million bucks, and with the tax, that's gonna be like 55 million. Are you staying or not? Because I'm not doing this unless you tell me you're staying. And does it get worse? I mean, I just I don't know how much it would have got worse if you had stayed. If you would have done even more things like that, trying to guarantee those guys to come back and play with LeBron, like go after Jamal Crawford, something like that. Right. Because I feel like that that was what was going... That was the domino effect. So that's why Gilbert was like, I'm not paying these dudes. Right. Bye. See you later. If the Cavs had an average GM the last three years, how much of a difference does it make? <laughs> what if they had Milt Newton, you know? like What if, like... <laughs> What if, like, Joe Fuentes was the GM? Like, somebody who didn't even really follow basketball and just followed the Lakers. You just like, listen to LeBron. So they don't make the Shumpert J.R. Smith trade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because they, they both, you know, Maybe regressed. David Blatt stays as the coach. Like, all right, so they make the finals all three years. I don't know. It's, it's LeBron. It's just these media narratives are weird. It's like, David Griffin is so smart. Okay? He wears glasses, Bill. Do you know that? I really enjoy talking to him. I like him. I don't know if he's a great GM or, or a lousy one, but I, just the sample size we had in Cleveland, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm dubious. I'm dubious of, I think there are some great GMs, like Presti, even though I think he made, you know, the Harden trade was the worst trade of the decade. I think Presti's really smart. For the mm-hmm. most part, Presti's, Presti's done some really good things. And like what he did this, even the Paul George Hail Mary trade, at least they got rid of Old Depot's contract. Yeah. You know, he's drafted well for the most part. He's made a couple of mistakes, but so has everybody. But, um, you know, for a degree of difficulty of how he's done that job versus the degree of difficulty of David Griffin's job, which is basically like spend as much money as you want and you have LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Love on your team. Yeah. Let's see it. I, I'm very curious. I want to see what it's like when he runs his own team. You can't judge when LeBron is on a team. It's like Spolstra. I feel like his respect level as a coach has gone up so much more yeah. since LeBron left. It's a great when he example. was there, yeah, people didn't even care. And now what he did with that team last year, everyone's like, Eric Spolstra's one of the top five coaches in the league. Like, I think Masai Uhari on uh, Toronto's a good GM, but he is also the guy who he signed Demar Carroll for a crazy amount of money, and the guy took a shit in Toronto and had all these chances to trade Jonas, and he didn't. I think he overpaid Serge Ibaka. Yeah. 
I'm not sure what Serge Ibaka is at this point, but I still think he's he's a good enough GM that he can get out of his own mistakes, which a lot of teams can't. That's another New York media narrative too, right? Because he got he won that Carmelo trade, so everyone remembers that. So like he can just carry that over to wherever he goes. So like oh, you remember Masai, got Wilson, Gallo, all those guys from Melo right. when they could have just left. I don't know if he won the trade or if James Dolan lost the trade. <laughs> it was it was one, one or the other. Uh, Anyway, the most I would give up for Paul George if I was Danny Ainge, Jay Crowder, Avery mm. Bradley, two lottery protected first round picks next year. Would you rather have that or Victor Oladipo? Yeah, I think I would take that. I love Avery Bradley though. I'm, I think you're gonna miss Avery Bradley. Oh, I I know I'm gonna miss Avery Bradley. Yeah, that trade. I haven't talked about that. I didn't get a mailbag question about it, but we might as well talk about it now. Um, I felt like it was coming because. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was almost like too hard to trade Crowder because he was the obvious guy to trade, and everybody knows <laughs> he's you have thrown to trade into him. every trade. Like, yeah. yeah, and you can have Crowder. Well, they have a problem with Crowder because I, he's a he's a really prideful guy, mm-hmm. and he's somebody like when when the crowd cheered for Hayward a little bit a few months ago, he took it personally, went on Twitter, and got all pissy about it. So this whole thing, he's been a trade rumors for two months, so they have seventeen small forwards now. Yeah, I don't know how he's going to handle that, but. The Bradley trade, I hate to say it, 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 it made sense. I still don't like it because I really like Avery Bradley and I value him. Mm-hmm. But the trade made sense. They got they turned him into Marcus Morris and Aaron Baines. They turned him into two rotation guys. Morris can play small ball four. He can defend people. There's a really interesting – I initially I hated the trade. And then I, I did a deep dive on the internet. I went on the Pistons message boards and all this <laughs> stuff because I couldn't figure out. Like, was like Marcus Morris's stats were pretty mediocre. Mm-hmm. He didn't rebound that well. He didn't shoot that well. So it's like, so, so what, why are his advanced metrics like their best lineups were when he was on the court? Didn't add up. He and talks on defense. So what they were saying was he guarded the other team's best forward all the time. Yeah. I can't say I watched a lot of Pistons last year, so I was learning a lot about this because this is probably one of my least favorite teams to watch. He said he guarded the other team's best forward. He's a good defensive player. Yeah. Um, Drummond swallowed up a lot of his rebounds. Like he's one of those guys who might be a better rebound than it looks because mm-hmm. Drummond's just grabbing everything. Yeah, he's getting 12 boards a night. And then uh, they said their offense was so lousy and so stagnant that it was really hard to judge anybody because you just get thrown the ball and you have to do something with it. It was one of those offenses. And people were saying, like in the Stevens offense, where he's just getting more wide-open shots and things like that, that he's going to be more of an asset. So we'll see. My dad's take was, my dad said, Avery Bradley's always hurt. He loved Avery Bradley. He's like, he's always has an injury. Yeah. He's always got an Achilles or a hip or something's wrong with his knee or an ankle. There's always something. He's always hurt. And, uh, and he's, he was like, the Morris, the Morris twins are tough. Yeah. I've always wanted a Morris twin. I think it's good for Hayward. I think the the thing that I was worried about with Hayward in general is just the toughness. Like, I I think he's just sort of a sheepish, quiet guy. So if you have Morris next to him, I mean, that's not going to be a problem. He'll talk it's, shit to anybody. It's gonna. This team's definitely gonna have some swagger. I thought Utah. There are two teams that really outspited themselves this summer. One was Indiana because mm-hmm. just go get Kevin Love for Paul George. Figure it out later. Turn him into an asset. And then uh, Utah should have did a sign and trade for Jay Crowder. I felt like if you're gonna lose Hayward anyway, turn him into Jay Crowder. Celtics would have done it. I think they like Hood and Ingles. I think they're gonna be happy with that. I just would have ride Jay Crowder for six and a half million a year. Yeah. Is there a Ewing theory potential with Utah? It kind of feels like there is. Yeah. I think they still might be good. I think a lot of people are so kind of too. writing them off. I love Teague. Uh, I'm sorry, not Teague. Rubio. Rubio going there. That's great. I, they I like got Rubio. Fit. They brought back Angles. Yeah. Um, 
Go Bear. I voted for first team All NBA. They still have Joe Johnson. They still have room to get one other person. And uh, I don't know. They could be. Yeah, get rid of George. Somebody's yeah. gonna. There's gonna be a weird five seed in the West. That people figure, don't want to face. I underrated after I talked about OKC in the podcast, and I was like, "Are they a six seed, a seven seed?" And I went and looked at the standings after, and I regretted what I said with the house podcast. OKC should be the fourth seed. George and Westbrook should be fifty wins with Adams. And I said on that podcast, I like the five. I think they'd be tough to play with or play against. But um, that's an amazing four or five matchup right there, though, to have like Paul George, Russell Westbrook superstars play against a Utah Jazz team that's well coached. With Joe Ingles, you right. know, like these smart basketball players, Dial, all those guys. Like what that's, if, that's what the if we got OKC versus the Ewing Theory Clips? <sighs> that would be that'd be something unbelievable. That would be exactly what I would want. Would you say OKC is the four seed? Yeah, I could even see Best them bet creeping for the four up. Seed. Yeah, over San Antonio. Yeah, I think Spurs are the team that's going to take. But then again, I feel like that's what everyone says every year. So. I, think I don't, don't want to jump to conclusions. They still have that issue of playing three on five offensively, even though they have two good offensive players, obviously. But playing Robertson and Adams out there together. Yeah. Plus Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi's got to come back from an injury. Lamar, I mean, we've already talked about that. Lamarcus isn't happy. Patty Mills is doing a lot. Danny Green. I don't know. It just feels like that window is closing on that whole core. But or then they Pop's going to be around. Or you throw away this year and you look toward next year as the year. Old Depot, I gotta say, he averaged like seventeen a game last year. It was an Paul ugly. Paul George just gonna average twenty two. Yeah, so he's gonna it's have an ugly five seventeen. It was pretty I, oh bad. God, we well, never got the ball either. Uh, Kyle Redekin asks, "Would it be wrong to describe Sidney Crosby as the Tim Duncan of the NHL?" That's pretty good. I thought about this for a long time, and I think. Sidney Crosby is the Tim Duncan of the NHL, not <laughs> Tim Duncan is the Sidney Crosby of the NBA. Yeah. I give Tim Duncan the alpha dog status in that. Where he's mimicking him yeah. in the way that he is. I think Tim Duncan's yeah. first, so Sidney Crosby is the Tim Duncan of the NHL. But Who's Malkin? Is Malkin Manu? Or is he Tony? Malkin's like Parker and Manu combined. Okay. <laughs> I like it. He's, he's them together <laughs> as, as one person. Quick break to talk about Bowling Branch. What's worse than having lousy sheets, Tate? Well, you know, because you're in your mid-20s. You have lousy sheets. I do. I bet those things haven't been washed that often. Yeah. Tough thread count. Yeah. I, it's one of the things I don't miss about being young and poor is the, the sheet <laughs> smell test to make sure. Should I wash these yet? Ooh, yeah, I should wash these now. Great sleep starts with the right sheets. They're more affordable than you think with Bowen Branch. They make the most comfortable sheets you'll ever sleep in. Did they mail you any yet? Not yet. No. Bowen Branch. Come on. Man, and my sheets, sheets do smell. Come on. Tate needs some <laughs> nice smelling sheets. Fall asleep faster, sleep deeper, wake up ready to kick some ass. Each sheet crafted from 100% organic cotton. They feel incredible. They look amazing. And since they sell exclusively online, there's no expensive retail market. Half the price, twice the quality. Anyone who sleeps on Bowen Branch sheets loves them. That's why they have thousands of five-star reviews. Go to BowlingBranch.com today, and you'll get $50 off your first set of sheets, plus free shipping mm. when you use the promo code BS. Guess what, Tate? Yeah. Try them for 30 nights, and if you're not impressed, return them for a full refund. $50 off plus free shipping right now at BowlingBranch.com. That is B-O-L-L-N-Branch.com. 
at the very least for the summer they should send you a free pair of sheets yeah the question is do i have to wash it during that period or you know can i roll it out for the whole month to see how it works that that doesn't say that in the read (laughs) it doesn't say how long you should wear them for okay um this is a great email from morris mizrahe i hope i said your name right who i've enjoyed your emails morris you sent some good ones morris has a nice feel for what's going to make the mailbag he wants us to know where we currently stand mentally as Nick fans, according to Morris. He said his friend sent him the following text today, and he immediately frantically checked Woj's Twitter feed just to make 100% sure that it was a prank text and not real. Can I quit the Knicks yet? And then he forwarded me the text, and the text was a fake uh, Adrian Wojnarowski tweet that said Jared Dudley has signed a four-year, $97 million deal with the New York Knicks via sign-and-trade. And then the next next one fake tweet was Phoenix receives Ron Baker, Willie Hernan Gomez. Uh, and it was and he, and he actually believed the tweets. He believed for a split second that Jared Dudley had signed for ninety seven million dollars with the Knicks <laughs> and went to Will's Twitter feed. Incredible. Incre- I, I don't know what else you could say about the Knicks that Morris believed that they signed Jared, D- Jared Dudley for $97 million. He's another good one. You're talking about the media thing? Like, Jared Dudley oh, is... yeah, we is, love is, Jared Dudley. Yeah, the Can't media loves him. Can't enough. He's yeah. the best. Maybe $100 million. Give him the Amari contract. I feel so bad for the Knicks fans. I love that Ron Baker was the one that... Anna- you know how usually it's like someone reports that someone re-signed? Ron right. Baker himself announced that he was signing back with the, Nick- with the Knicks. All I had to do was nothing. Just bring back Justin Holiday for two years, twelve million. Yeah, they let bring him go. Bring back Ron Baker. They let him go. No, nobody who follows <laughs> basketball beyond a rudimentary level would rather pay Tim Hardaway seventy-one million than Justin Holiday ten. Exactly. I can't. We could walk around the street for five hours and not find one person. Kevin Schwartz, Tate, you're gonna like this one. Kevin Schwartz says the most famous free-for-all scenario in terms of basketball talent, perhaps ever is the legendary but never seen Monte Carlo game that the 1992 Dream Team played in. Multiple Hall of Famers going at it. No coaches, no GMs. Just real recognizing real. You know about that game, right? Yes, Dan? of course. All right, continue. Christian Leitner, they didn't let yeah. him play. It was amazing. Didn't let him play. That's why it was so great. Uh, so, so Kyle Mann, who wrote this question, asks, isn't this the way we should be looking at the NBA draft? Running everything through the Monte Carlo model would likely yield the best results for top 10 picks. If I'm running the 2012 draft, 17 draft through that model, I don't think I'd take Markel Fultz first. Mm, and I, I think that's this. why the Celtics weren't comfortable with that pick. All right. This is a great question. Thank you, Kyle. Here's my answer. All right. We go Monte Carlo model. Yes. It's a pickup game in Vegas. Time for the alpha dogs to come out. Yeah. Markel's coming off the bench. Hey, Lonzo's running one team. Yep. DeAndre Fox is running the other Darren, team. Yeah, yeah. De'Aaron Fox is on the other team. Yep. Fox has first pick. He takes Tatum. Mm. Right? I like it. Yeah. Needs no, a I'm, score. I'm asking you. No, no, no. He needs a score. Yeah. Needs a shooter. Fox takes Tatum first. All right. I like it. Do you agree or disagree? I agree. Lonzo has second pick. Who does he take? Jackson. Josh Jackson. Yeah. Do you think Fox takes Josh Jackson first or, or Tatum? I think he'll take Tatum. Because he's, he he he's the athlete, right? He doesn't. Yeah. He needs the score. He needs right. stability on offense. He wants so much. He wants a shooter. Lonzo takes Josh Jackson. Yeah. Fox comes back and takes Malik Monk. I think. Mm-hmm. I agree. Right. Yeah. Boys in the backcourt together. Tatum's at the three. 
He doesn't take Markel Fultz there? No. I'm telling you. It's Monte Carlo Rose. Yes. No. Lonzo cares less about this stuff. I think he takes Fultz. But what does Fultz do for Lonzo, right? He just takes the ball out of his hands. That's what I think the problem is. You have to determine who is going to have, who's going to facilitate there. It's going to be Lonzo and it's going to be Fox. Those are your two alpha yes. dog facilitator those, guys. They're running the show. Everybody else, we're riding together, but those guys are going to have the ball in their hands. And honestly, you'd probably rather play with ball, right? Just for the fact of the outlet pass and everything. And you'd rather play with Fox because he's he's just going to get up and down, and talk to you. Easy transition buckets. You don't have to worry about carrying the offense. That's why if you're Tatum, you're excited that you get you get picked by him. I have noticed with faults. And this is a big topic in the Ringer NBA Slack. Chris Ryan and I make fun of each other all the time about Fultz and Tatum. Chris Ryan's a Sixers fan. I make a ton of jokes in the Ringer NBA Slack about Markel Fultz, how he was homeschooled, mm. how they gave him a fidget spinner on the bench so he had something to do because he doesn't talk to his teammates, all that stuff. But he is a very detached guy. Yes. He looks and like Jeremy Lamb. He's very detached. He's athletically magnificent. He's got... A phenomenal spin move. He's got the Hezzy Jimbo. What did what did he say? The what did KD say? Yeah, yeah. The the if you if yeah Hezzy he- pull up Jimbo. Yeah, if you get this, you're a real basketball fan. I love he that. Bo- he he blocks uh, shots at the rim. Mm-hmm. He's got the little turn. He and Tatum have the exact same little turnaround where they can create space. And there have been detached guys who have succeeded in the NBA. Tracy McGrady being one of the best examples, I think. Yeah, but it is something to watch. He's he's a detached. You watch him on the bench. He's just sitting there. He takes everything. He's very quiet, dude, which is fine. But if he's the guy who's the creator, I have the ball in my hands all the time. You can't have that personality. You have to at some point, kind of spill it out and and, and look not, out for other dudes. The, my biggest gripe with Fultz is he's not going to be that guy. Simmons is going to have the ball in his hands. So what does he do so as that's the good two? For Fultz, yeah, I think it helps. I think it makes him have a. I think he's in a good spot where he can play off the ball and be the two, like the Avery. Like Avery could be a point guard, right? But he plays the two because he can be the combo. That's what Fultz should be. So maybe if we do the draft, Lonzo's like, you're going to be a shooting guard. You're not going to be the point guard. Yeah. So he'd take. He'd yeah, take Fultz. So maybe it takes him. And that for the way. record, I really want Fultz to be great. I really, I love all good basketball players. I want the more the merrier. Give me more. I just think that. Uh, I can I'm still confused why the Celtics didn't take him. There's some there's something about this doesn't add up that they were gung ho, oh my god, it's false. Wow, he's the best. Everybody's like he's the best. And they had him in for 2 days and they didn't take him. And they were immediately tried to start trading down. It's like what did they see? What were they worried about? I was worried that DeJounte Murray was the 29th pick and a lot of people thought he was better than Fultz at Washington. He's, I, it's impossible for him not to be good. The question is, can he be a superstar? Mm-hmm. Is he going to be one of those guys that has all the skills to be a superstar, but there's always something missing mentally, and and, he, and it just drives you crazy when you watch him? Or is it going to be he's going to be like Avery Bradley was on the Celtics for two years? He didn't say anything. It was like, wow, this guy is like, does he speak? <laughs> and then he eventually be you know the passion started to come out and he just played his ass off. He played really hard. It'd be interesting to watch, but I thought that Monte Carlo model, it's clear that Lonzo and Fox would be the two captains. That's a bad sign for faults in a weird way. I'm still confused why the Sixers didn't give Lonzo more time. I I will always be confused by that. It would have been 
<laughs> it would have been incredible. <laughs> By the way, Dennis Smith is like the ninth pick in this game and takes the first ten shots. Yes, and also probably cusses out Lonzo or ta- Fox, talks whoever the shit. Yeah. He ruins the game. The game's fun until Dennis Smith gets the ball and doesn't give it up to anybody. Uh, Kevin from Denver via Boston says, It's Wimbledon, not Wimbledon. You've been doing this for years, and it drives me absolutely crazy. Look, I have some recurring speech impediments, and this is number one. I always say Wimbledon. And I did it on the uh, John McEnroe podcast, which if you haven't listened to yet, it's, it's a great one pod. of my favorites. He's, yeah. John McEnroe is off the charts great. And I said Wimbledon all over and over again instead of Wimbledon. I just, I've never been able to say Wimbledon. I've always said Wimbledon. Just it, one of my things. Is this guy really that upset about it? I listen. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, all right. Will Barnett from Franklin, Tennessee wonders. How worried are we about Lonzo wearing big bar brand shoes for an 82-game season? Yes. You wrote in your book about Grant Hill signing with Fila and how his career might have been different had he signed with Nike and gotten shoes specifically designed for his feet. Should Magic, Polinka, and Walton push for him to wear and sign with a major brand shoe company? My answer, 100% yes. I think it's a huge, huge, huge mistake. I think it's a mistake for Clay Thompson to wear the weird Chinese shoes. The answer, yeah. These guys, their feet and their ankles and their knees are their livelihood and are worth 25 to $30 million a year potentially for them. Don't fuck around. Just wear the best equipment. Mm-hmm. You go to Nike or you go to Adidas, but I've, I've been to the Nike. I'm, I'm not pro Nike. It's not like they're a sponsor. I don't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I've been to the Nike place where they fit the athletes. They designed the shoes specifically for the dude. Yeah. They put them through all these tests and it's like whatever they look at every conceivable thing. They look at the running motion. They run them with these little sensors on them. There's no way the big baller brand is doing that with Lonzo. <laughs> no. He should wear Nikes or or wear Nikes and put a fake big baller that's, brand uh, that's logo a, on them That's or something. a sneaky thing that you should do. Like wear the shoes, right? But it just doesn't have the logos on it. And then you put your other logo. I mean, obviously that's a little, yeah, it's a little tricky, but. Don't mess around with feet. Lonzo's, Lonzo's never been hurt, right? We've, we've never seen him get hurt? No. Okay. So that's good I news. He doesn't play hard enough to get hurt. He's moving at half speed all the time. I say that as somebody who loves Lonzo, but Lonzo, the only time he really goes full speed is when he gets a rebound and goes coast to coast. Yeah. Other than that, he's 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 just, just he kind of floats. And I say that as a compliment. Yeah. He's one of those guys that never really looks like he's going all out, but he's moving at full speed. Mm-hmm. You'll like this one. This is from Max SB. I've, I've known Tate long enough to know what's going to float his boat, and he'll love this. A couple years ago, a story surfaced about how after a summer league game with Kobe and Westbrook, Kobe took Westbrook aside and told him he needed to shoot more, that he couldn't let everybody see the thunder as KD's team. At first, it drove a wedge between Westbrook and KD that sabotaged OKC's final chances, along with injuries. I would throw the Harden trade in there, too. For the next couple years... That wedge metastasize. Sure. How do I say that word? Yeah, that's right. I can't speak. You guys make fun of me for Wimbledon. I can't even pronounce metastasize into a a chasm that not only destroyed the Thunder, but with KD's move to the words, destroyed all parity the NBA had left after Kobe retired, not to mention KD's now in a super team. Kobe destroyed one franchise and sowed the seed for the biggest single roadblock to LeBron's GOAT campaign. And Max asks, is this the greatest mindfuck since the OJ lawyers convinced the prosecution to let him try on the glove? I've never been able to confirm if that story was true. The Kobe story? But knowing all of Kobe's weird muse cage shit that he does mm. and 
got to reach your dark side and all that stuff. It does seem like the kind of thing he would do. Yeah. And then brag about after. I talked to Westbrook. I told him that it was coming KD's team. He's got to do something. And be really proud of himself. Yeah. I took Westbrook. I, I opened the muse cage for him. And he climbed in. I watched him. It's conceivable. I, it's totally conceivable. Kobe's the guy, like, when Harrison came out in the draft, Harrison worked out with him one time. Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes. He said Kobe took some of his moves and then, like, never reached it back out to him. I mean, they, like... <laughs> yeah. Took him right in the muse cage. Yeah. If Kobe did that... I might have to move him up in the pyramid one spot. Yeah, it's pretty. I think it's pretty savvy. Moved, I don't think Tim. It's like I have Tim Duncan over Kobe, but I don't think Tim Duncan ever did anything that brilliant. If it was, Kobe so that's did that. 2012, right? So that's after they go to the finals. That's when Nash and Dwight are about to come to the Lakers. Kobe's yeah. still trying to make a second run to get the sixth title. He plants some competitive. Uh, it's hey, smart. if anyone knows the full, if there's an article out there that summarizes whether that story is bullshit or not, email it to us. What's that? What's it's the mailbag at the ringer.com. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to send a mailbag question into us, the mailbag at the ringer.com. I think I read this question before, but I'm going to read it again. It's from Glenn Morgan. He says, you consistently state that if basketball playing aliens showed up and challenged us to a game that decided the fate of the world, LeBron would be our first call. Well, let's say it's true that A, aliens exist. <laughs> B, these aliens play the exact game of basketball that we do. And see, these aliens are so good at basketball, they feel confident enough to conquer our world with it. Why would we call LeBron? LeBron would be the one challenging us. It's Glenn Morgan. He's saying LeBron's an, an alien. alien. Yes. So he's saying don't call LeBron because LeBron is the alien who's challenging us. <laughs> he's saying he's two-faced. So, so far today in the podcast, we've learned LeBron's going to the Lakers <laughs> and that he's an alien. And don't call him. Here's another conspiracy uh, question from Jess Mullins. Is Rob Polinka the real-life NBA version of Frank Underwood? Like Frank, what if Rob decided years ago... I don't watch House of Cards, so I didn't get this, but I enjoyed it. What if Rob decided years ago he wanted to ascend the ranks of a powerful organization? He needed Jimmy Buss and Mitch Kupchak to fall flat on their faces. He got them to provide a ridiculous contract to an aging, injured Kobe, who Rob Polinka represented. He made Jimmy believe Mike D'Antoni would be a better fit than Phil Jackson. This was key because when Jeannie assumed control of the team, Phil would have been her first choice for president. Nope. And then Palenka cozied up to Magic Johnson. And he maybe even sabotaged free agents from going to L.A. these past few seasons. A year from now when Magic steps down amid a huge controversy, maybe we'll know who to point the finger at. Rob Frank Underwood Palenka. That's from Jess Mullins. It's a great theory. Yeah. It I don't all think checks. it's true. It all checks out. I also can't refute it. Um, this is a question I wrote I wrote down here for myself because I thought about it uh, on the way over here and I wanted to answer it, but nobody asked me it. If I was a max free agent, where would I want to go? Let's say you're Gordon Hayward. What would you have done? Well, you and I are Gordon Hayward. We're 27 years old, scoring forward. We don't have any real history with anything other than Brad Stevens. Yeah. Would you have gone to Miami or Boston? I would. I mean, personally, I would have gone to Miami. But that's because I'm. What a, are your reasons for going to Miami? Hassan Whiteside, my favorite player in the Eastern Conference. Dean Waiters. I'm. Dion. Yeah, I think I had to renounce Dean Waiters. Yeah, yeah. Bye. Get out of here, Dion. Uh, Pat Riley factor, and I think Spolster is a really good coach. I, I believe in, but the same with Stevens. The coaches really don't matter. It's more about Whiteside. I think the only way that you can come out of the East and maybe beat the Warriors is to have. Someone is dominating on the inside as Whiteside. I think Boston w was the right move for him because Stevens yeah. and contender. He goes to the East. 
all that made sense. It did make me think, though, of all things were equal, what city I'd want to go to. I think Miami might be the number one choice. No income tax. Yep. Weather. Riley. Lifestyle. Lifestyle. You can be a massive celebrity, but everybody leaves you alone, which is you really only get that a couple places. And you know the team's going to spend money. And they all seem to like each other. I would say it's perennially the number one best destination. Great owner. Yep. Well-run team. No income tax. History of landing free agents and, and being competitive. Good coach. You know how New Yorkers go to Miami when they retire? It's like the yeah. New York market went to Miami. Like yeah. the draw of the New York market is now in Miami. In a weird way, LeBron doesn't get enough credit for the decision. He kind of saw it ahead of everybody else. No income tax, all that stuff. He weighed out the factors. And we're, I include myself. I was like, you loser. What are you doing? You quit on, <laughs> quit. You go to New York. That's where the history is. Miami is probably a better choice. Um, all right. This this email goes. I'm 26 year old, six years old. I'm a Knicks fan. They've sucked for 20 years. I live in Israel. I have to wake up at 3 a.m. to watch their games. Yes, my life sucks. On your post draft podcast, you said Phil Jackson was worse than Isaiah Thomas ever was. What was the worst move the Knicks have done in the past 20 years? Oh God, I'm having chest pains just writing these down. That's from Jacob Leibovitz in Kafar Saba in Israel. Mm. How about that? I like that. Yeah. International. Boosting up our Israeli podcast audience. It's still not as big as Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. Shout out to the Australians and the uh, <laughs> New Zealanders. I think the worst move of the last 20 years for the Knicks was the Eddie Curry trade. Mm. Because it was completely indefensible when it happened. It was a combination of they gave up two lottery picks. I think it was one lottery pick and then a pick swap. Mm-hmm. So it ended up, I think the two picks that they lost ended up being like, Basically, LaMarcus Aldridge and Joakim Noah. It was mm-hmm. something like that. It was really terrible. And they paid Eddie Curry $60 million. Yeah, it was the contract. Was and, it, and that didn't make sense. And all of it was crazy. And it was like he wasn't reliable. And it was unclear if, if he could keep his weight down. And the, the, everything about it was made no sense. Yeah. So I would put that number one. But their Patrick Ewing trade that they made with Seattle, which was made by, I think, Scott Layden. Um I think that was his name. It was so far back. It was like 1999. That's when it all. That's when the Knicks hell started because they had Patrick who was declining. He could have been an expiring contract. They just completely misread how the salary cap worked. They traded him for all of these big contracts that they had to take back that just didn't expire forever. Yeah. So then they missed out on free agency for like T Mac and Tim Duncan, all these guys because they took all these stupid contracts in the in the Ewing thing. So I remember that one being really bad. They really messed up the Carmelo just not waiting for him until yeah, the following that, summer. I mean, that for me, nuts. that was the one that I, I still can't believe that happened. They traded Gallo. They traded first-round picks. Wilson Chandler. Like, and that, that team was, was nuts. That team was fun when it yeah. was like Amari. When Amari was healthy, that team was fun. Felton. Those those were the worst. Joakim Noah for $71 million was <laughs> pretty horrible, too. But at least you didn't trade Porzingis. You had that. Jonas Simon writes, Timeline. June 21st, White Sox signed first-round pick Jake Berger for $3.7 million. June 22nd, Bulls sell their second-round pick to the Warriors for $3.5 million. The maximum allowable. I call shenanigans. So Jerry Reinsdorf owns the White Sox yep. and the Bulls. And everybody's always thought he cares more about the White Sox than the Bulls. It's pretty interesting that... Yeah, the money, the, the money money matches up. Money adds up. How long are we in the pod now? We're about 67. 67? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Let's take a quick break. 
to talk about the CreditWise app with a message brought to you by Capital One. An athlete stays in shape by thinking about key factors that influence their game, eating well, practice, training, and exercise. Well, it's the same thing if you're trying to keep your credit health in shape, right? These are key factors you have to keep an eye on, and the CreditWise app helps you track all of them. Do you pay your bills on time? How many accounts do you have? How long have your accounts been open? When you keep those key factors in check, you can keep your credit strong and healthy. CreditWise also lets you check your TransUnion credit report anytime you want. What's your credit report like, Kate? Tate? Pretty good. Okay, good. Uh, Surprisingly. Check, check it for signs of error, theft, or fraud. If, some, if something looks wrong, the app will tell you what to do next. CreditWise will also send you automatic email alerts when your credit report changes. The best part, free for everyone, whether you're a Capital One customer or not. Download the free CreditWise app today. Keep your credit strong. All right, we'll do a couple more and then we're done. This is good. Rob from Wanaka, New Zealand. See, on cue, New Zealand. <laughs> the New Zealanders and the Australians, they love us. You discussed the team of five Jordans versus five LeBrons. Who would win? We did that on the last time we did a mailbag podcast. Mm-hmm. One thing you didn't factor is off-the-court stuff derailing things. What are the card games on the Jordan team playing like? What are the golf course dust-ups like between three foursomes of MJs? Unbelievable. What happens when the LeBrons start passive-aggressive <laughs> subtweeting each other during a playoff series? I think the Jordan versus LeBron squad series would hinge on more than that. Cheers from Rob in Wanaka, New Zealand. I mean, good now question. I would say LeBron wins the series. I think the MJs kill each other. I think they're just gambling against each other nonstop. It's somebody dies. Yeah, I think there's a lot of point shaving in those games, but I also think that <laughs> I think Jordan gets LeBron two or three LeBrons on his plane. You know he does the Barkley thing where he, oh, he cozies he up to a couple of LeBrons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gets like, them all tired. Just two LeBrons that are going to stop passing to the other LeBrons. Wow. Man, I got to think about this some more. <laughs> Greg from Portland, Oregon asked, didn't it feel like the finals MVP is the more prestigious award this year? I don't remember thinking that in the past. Thoughts? My answer. It felt that way because they waited too long to announce the MVP. I, I thought they really screwed that up. By the time Westbrook won the MVP, nobody cared anymore. It was like the end of June. Yeah. I didn't even remember what happened in the season. I was thinking about it was the finals. It it just felt kind of empty. I, I think they should – I would dump the award. The award show was a good idea. I would, I would make it more of a um, – more fun awards like best donk things like that yeah I, I didn't like that the awards were just a normal award setup where it's everyone sitting in the it was just followed the same formula i feel like they could have done something different like not have dark lights have have you know have it bright like it's in a court Two golden globes have yeah. everybody drinking yeah get some champagne out there Do something different yeah but they're a great sponsor thanks to the nba awards <laughs> i that was a worthy effort i just think they should have had it in mid-april yeah have it between the season and the playoffs yeah Kareem from Trenton says, what's actually happened over the last five to 10 years in the NBA that you could not have possibly predicted at the time? We've had Russ average a triple-double for a season, 73-9, and nine, the Harden trade, and a bunch more. My pick would be 73-9. and nine. I still can't believe that happened. I can't believe somebody broke 72 wins by the Bulls. I never, ever in a million years thought that was going to happen. Triple-double, all that stuff. People have come close before. Uh, the I, pace of the game. That... that, that wasn't shocking to me. 73 wins were shocking. 73 and not to win the title, too. Oh, yeah. That's even more shocking. I mean, the 73 is like blew my mind, but then for them not to win the title, I just, I still think about that series and I can't, because the thing about that is if they don't, if they win last year and then they win again this year, 
LeBron is stuck in Cleveland forever. He can't leave. It's an unbelievable what if. Three straight finals, doesn't win any of them. People are tight. And he also would have been two and six in the finals. Yep. He's in Jerry West territory of like regret. He's two plays away from being one and seven in the finals. Yeah. The Draymond nut punch and the Ray Allen three. Josh in San Francisco says, it feels like the fact that Chick-fil-A's waffle fries landing at number one on the Ringer's top 50 fast food list should be brought up as often as you bring up OKC trading Harden. <laughs> uh, I don't disagree. I agree. I love Chick-fil-A. Spicy chicken sandwich should have been one. I don't know if I've read... I, I think I read that question before. Tyson Cahill. I think this is his second appearance in the mailbag. Tyson. Volume shooter. He says, I know you watch The Bachelor, Bachelor with your wife. Can you call Adam Silver and suggest that the NBA hosts a mid-August show called GMs Tell All? I would love more than anything to watch Phil confront Mello. Quote, Mello, why'd you make me include the no trade clause? To which Lala interjects from the crowd, fuck you, Phil. Um, the GMs Tell All is, would be... That, that should at least be an animated series. Well, they should also do it with the voices that changes their voice, so you don't know. You don't <laughs> like know who the Lance it is. Armstrong? Yeah. The GMs tell all would be incredible. Somebody animate that. Andy Viner asks, in your Fix the Clippers article, you suggest moving the Clippers to Seattle, and, th- and I think you're missing a huge angle on this, San Diego. You yourself talk up the secret that San Diego is the best city in America. How does San Diego not get play to bring the Clippers home? You know, people have asked me about this. I think the problem with San Diego is they don't have the the court sides and the uh, the suites and stuff like that. They don't have enough corporate people. Yeah, who's to, going to uh, the games? Yeah, I think they would have. The way to do it would be to just build a ten thousand seat arena, and price it out super high. But I I don't think San Diego can ever have a team. Unfortunately, go the golf angle. Get FedEx in there. Get a little Tory Pines action. Yeah, Callaway. Maybe yeah. call it the Callaway Dome. <laughs> yeah, Joe House is courtside. I mean, should would what should have a team? San Diego or New Orleans? I, I San Diego would be. Would say San Diego, right? Yeah. They'd at least have a better chance to get free agents. Absolutely, San Diego is remarkable. It's a lifestyle. Um, I think that's it, Tate. You have a question for me? Oh, I have la- one last one, and then we'll go. Cameron Austin, as the long-suffering president of the, you can win a title with Carmelo Anthony as your best player club, which I am. He says, current membership three. I think there's more of us than that. You're uniquely qualified to answer this. Why is Melo still held in such high esteem in the current NBA? I don't think he could be the best player in a championship team anymore. I think there I think there was a window a few years ago where he could have been mm-hmm. like the Dirk Nowitzki type of you build a team around his offense and some other things and you could compete. I don't think that's the case anymore. I still think if he found the right team, he could be a major asset. I think if he had gone to the Cavs last year in the Kevin Love spot, mm. it could have been a game changer because they couldn't play Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson at the same time in that series for long stretches. And and it would have... That that comes down to an age thing, too. Like, yeah. you know when you play people that are older, they can get in your head a little bit. You're like, I'm not supposed to beat them. If it's Melo and LeBron and then it's right. Durant's first finals and Curry's a little bit in his head about last year. Yeah. That's one of those things. So they're not scared of Kevin Love. What do you think of Carmelo, Chris Paul, and James Harden in the same team? I think that's a, that's a one. That feels like a recipe for trouble. It does. With Dan Tony coaching, he's already had major problems with Melo. I love the P.J. Tucker edition, too, for toughness. Yeah, me too. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it yet, unless they could just flip Brian Anderson for him. If you do that, then of course you do it. Mm-hmm. You just figure it out later. Yeah. But weird times. 
You have a question for me? One last question? I just want to know, yeah. uh, watching Summer League, yeah. do you feel like Jason Tatum it looks like an all-star? Do you think he's going to be an all-star? Great last question. Um, I was there for Pierce's rookie season mm-hmm. in Boston. I went to a lot of those games because my dad didn't want to go. Yeah. And I actually think he's more more kind of mature offensively than Pierce was that first year. Yeah. They're very similar. Like he really just he, to me he's like Pierce 2.0. He's a dead ringer for the guy. Yep. And if he can become Pierce 2.0, Pierce is one of the 50 best players ever. I mean, that's an unbelievable ceiling. I don't know if he can he'll have the same competitiveness. I don't think he'll be as good defensively. Yeah. Who knows? But offensively, he's his game's more developed. Pierce came into the league after I think 3 years at Kansas. Yep. Tatum comes in after one year at Duke and he's got like turnarounds and up and unders and pull ups and he's got five scoring moves already. Yeah. He's better than I thought he was going to be. I had high hopes and I was watching, I never overreact to Summer League, but I think the one thing you can learn is like, does somebody have, a, you know, two moves that are going to work in the NBA? Yeah. Right. Lonzo, you can see like his passing, it's just going to work. Fultz had that spin move. It's like, that's going to work in the pros. Tatum showed like five different things. Yep. I do think that fall away when he's going against like Andre Robertson is not going to work. Yeah. The elite athlete with long arms is just going to be, I'm going to block this. So he'll have to, but he's going to get stronger. Yeah. Don't you think he'll put on 15 pounds? Is he better than you thought he was going to be? I've been impressed with his rebounding. Yeah. He didn't rebound like that at Duke. KOC was saying that he's just better than he was at Duke. Yeah. So he's one of those guys, Duke ended, he spent four months, and he just got better. I like his mom. His mom was like, when he hit that third, he hit that uh, half-court shot at the end of the third quarter, his mom was celebrating the crowd. Seems like he cares. I'm not, I'm not here to throw Duke shade at him. I, I, I was impressed watching him. I was like, this guy can score in the NBA. He is an, uh, you know, it's an offense-first league, and he is – just a great offensive player at a position where it's really hard to find somebody who can score on different heights of guys. His defense is bad. Yes. That's, that's always been bad. That's the biggest thing that they're going to have to work on. Like, it, like real Matador D stuff, which it's summer league, who cares? But if, uh, if they plan on playing him and Isaiah at the same time, that's going to be a problem from what I've seen from him defensively. I think it's good that you have Jalen who is a really good defense, like has the potential yeah. to be really good defensively. It's like a little, you have offense, defense almost. It was interesting to watch the two of them together really kind of click and be boys. Yeah, they like each other. Yeah. Apparently they Jaylen, had handshakes already. Yeah, they had like a meeting, right, that Jalen yeah. called for all those young players. Yeah. It's good. I like Jalen Brown. I think it's going to be a really fun Celtic team. I don't, they kind of have their foot in the door for 18, but really for down the road. And they're going to have a big decision with Isaiah because... I just don't think they're going to pay him $40 million a year. No. And they're going to make him go get the offer from somebody else. And if you look at the teams with cap space, not that many next season, Chicago would be the threat. Yeah. If you're Chicago, do you just offer Isaiah to try to screw $140 yeah. million for four years? Yeah. You know, be like, fuck it, we'll overpay for... To make the Celtics try to match it. And then they probably won't. They can't. They, it's not yeah. even a match. Yeah. You can just go. Oh, yeah. That's even worse. Yeah. So... My guess is that they're going to try to get Isaiah for something like 100 for four. Yeah. And then you can do Horford for 29, Hayward for 29, Isaiah for 25. You can fit all that stuff under. They'll pay the tax. They don't care. I like their young guys. I really do. I like Tatum. 
Thanks, Tate. That means a lot. No, I mean, those are recruits. I remember when they were getting recruited. Like, you know, Jalen was a big guy when he ended up going to Cal. He was a late guy. He was, like, number two small forward. Tatum was the number one small forward. The big winner is Marcus Smart from this whole thing. Yeah, he, he's gonna he, get, he beat out Bradley. He did it. He finally. beat out Bradley. <laughs> he uh, He's going to get a ton of minutes. He's the backup point guard. If anything happens to Isaiah, who's got that hip thing, he's the big winner for that. Yep. And uh, and he's going to be their best defender. And I actually think he's one of those guys when he plays more, he's better. As he, we've discussed in the past, bench guys, certain guys just aren't bench guys. Certain guys need to play 35 minutes. He's going to punch someone in the balls eventually. You think he'll He's, he'll the, he's my number one candidate for like future kicking the balls or punching the balls, which I like. Who's your final four right now? Final four teams in the NBA? Yeah. It's going to be in the East. I think it's Cleveland, Boston, which is easy. And yeah. then I think in the West, it's going to be Rockets, Warriors, which is pretty easy. I don't think it's going to be the Rockets. I hope it's not the Rockets. I, I don't think the Rockets mentally can beat the Warriors. How great would it be if it's OKC, Golden Amazing. State, that's round they, two or round three? That's what the NBA wants. We want OKC, Golden State. Russ on Steph, Paul George on Kevin Durant. They might be able to get one more guy, too. Why not? They might be able to flip Kaner into something. Maybe yeah. the Nets will take them. The Nets are taking all these contracts. Maybe and Robertson guarding Clay. I mean, every it matches up perfectly for who you would need to guard on guard the Westbrook, guy. If if you, if you say to Westbrook, you're going to win this series. There's an eighty percent chance you win this series, and there's a twenty percent chance you'll go so hard you're going to end up a coma for the next five years. Those are the odds. Do you choose to take them? He'd be like, in done. Yeah. If it I'll was do, 1%, he would have said, yes, yeah, I'll do in. anything to beat Steph and KD. Yeah. I feel like Steph could be the, like, that Warriors team, if if Russ really believes he's Michael Jordan 2.0, which he does, then Jordan thinks he's 2.0, they could be the Isaiah Pistons, like, blocking them, and then they try to go for it. Are we sure Russ can just revert back to... Passing the ball. To, <laughs> I'm going to get everyone involved because I won the MVP and I don't care about this triple-double thing anymore, guy? No. I'm not sold either. I think he I think he may even try to turn it up a notch. My fear with them is that Paul George is notoriously kind of up and down chemistry guy. Yes. He I don't think he was a fan of Jeff Teague, who took a lot of it shots. It seemed like he was not a fan of a lot of people at Indiana. Yeah. Over Miles. Yeah. Yeah. Lance. Even Lance yeah, Lance he didn't like Lance was taking the he last had a shot. Thing, like, yep. He yeah. Also it's weird that he's going to the Lakers next year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember a situation where somebody's just renting a player for a year mm-hmm. that's clearly not going to stay. This guy's going to play one year. He's going to leave. We'll I'm, see. S- I'm still banking on the Paul George, Russell Westbrook, both going to L.A. together. Together? They just do a... Like they, a married couple? They do one little, like one little tour, and then they go to L.A. Followed by... Re- but they're Ball call LeBron who comes they're, get, they're getting in the car to go to the airplane and Royce Young comes out of nowhere in an SUV and pulls over their car. You're not leaving. It's like Gary Bertier and the Remember the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, thanks to Black Tux, looking great for a wedding or a special event. Has never been easier with the blacktux.com. High quality rental suits and tuxedos delivered to your door. The Black Tux, your new way to rent. Get free shipping both ways, plus 20% off your purchase. Visit theblacktux.com slash BS. What did we say? You're two and a half years away? Yeah. You said yeah, four before. Yeah, three. <laughs> theblacktux.com slash BS. Thanks to CreditWise for Capital One. 
Remember, the CreditWise app helps you track the key factors that keep your credit health in shape. With CreditWise, you can check your TransUnion credit report anytime for signs of error, theft, or fraud. The app will also send automatic email alerts when your credit report changes. Download the free CreditWise app today. And please listen to me on Joe House's new podcast, House of Carbs. We talked all kinds of food-related items. Mm -hmm. And then I talked a lot about my mom's meatballs, but it's good. If you like me and House in this pod, you'll like it on that one. Subscribe to that one wherever you can get it. And then this is the last week for Binge Mode Game of Thrones. Don't forget about our big Twitter show that launches right after Game of Thrones on HBO Sunday night. You doing a teed up this week? Doing Mark, a GM Street? Titus, yeah, doing a GM Street with Lombardi tomorrow. Titus and I are hosting Kentucky Sports Radio on Wednesday. Whoa! Yeah. Mark Titus, Tate Frazier. We're going to host wow. Kentucky Sports Radio. What, what, what are the times for that? Uh, 10 to 12 Eastern, so 7 to 9 Pacific. Wow. Did you even ask me? No, I mean, All right. Joe Foote. How about this? I'll let you do it. <laughs> Joe Foote Foot said yes. I like Matt Jones. Yeah. He's he, a nice guy. We, we had talked about it I'm on TV. I'm surprised they let a Carolina guy and an Indiana guy. Well, they're going to kill us. Slash yeah. Ohio State oh, guy. yeah, they're coming after us. It's uh, Yeah, they're sharpening wow. their knives at the moment. Jesus. All right, what were the times for that? 7 to 9 Pacific, 10 to 12 All Eastern. Right. Um, be back on the uh, BS podcast midweek. I have a good one coming. I'm not going to say who it's with. I don't know if we're doing two or three this week, but we're at least doing one more. Until then, the BS Podcast. Thanks for the emails, by the way. If you want to send us an email, the mailbag at theringer.com. Talk to you later in the week.